For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. They could have put a killer behind bars if they would have just connected the dots. It's raining tacos. to me i'm very very excited for this episode and you guys should be too and i'll tell you why number one the clue for tonight's episode was taco bell which is like the greatest tent ever the greatest clue ever it's my favorite restaurant like fast food restaurant i'd also go venture as far to say favorite restaurant well it was i feel like tonight was my first real experience with taco bell i couldn't believe that I've, I think I've had it maybe once, possibly twice before, but I think all like I got was a taco, and it was same kind of thing. Like, oh, you've never been to taco? Here, have a taco. And I wasn't blown away by it, but I was this evening. I'm glad. Number two reason why we should be excited for this episode is because we're finally drinking some tequila. And I can't believe we haven't had tequila at any point, Not nor not surprise once. shot, nor... Well, remember that time when we thought we were drinking tequila, except it was that moonshine? That's correct. But it tasted just like tequila. It did. But it wasn't. But we've never had tequila. And now we are finally drinking tequila, so... And we are drinking Jose Cuervo white peach margarita. I like these glasses. We cheated a little bit tonight. We didn't make these ourselves tonight, but... We bought them ready-made. Ooh, it's good. Is it good? Mm. And I'm glad it's, like, the light kind, so I don't feel like I'm going to have a sugar hangover Mm. tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, oh, yeah. yeah, it's really good. That's gonna, I think we're gonna kill that bottle tonight. Oh, that's Jose Cuervo. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So no, we had Taco Bell. Nicole's never had it. So for three hours, she looked at the menu. <laughs> she thought it was fine dining. I did not think it was fine dining. I just wanted to make because, like I said, <laughs> well, the first time I had it, I think I ordered a taco, and that's why I wanted to make sure I was going to get enough food. So I got the Crunchwrap Supreme. I got a chalupa, and I got some fries, and all in all, I am very satisfied. It's one of those, you know, one of those caveats about fast food, or like junk food in general, is that even though you're, like, incredibly stuffed, you would be totally okay eating that whole meal all over again. Mm-hmm. Like, now. Yeah, let us know how you feel in an hour from now. Okay. <laughs> you guys will all know how I feel in an hour from now. Well, okay, so I, you know, Taco Bell is close to my heart. I've it's always been like my favorite um and back in college I amongst some of the shenanigans that I pulled um may or may not have been known to throw burritos at people's cars oh god well at least you know that the burritos from Taco Bell are pretty cheap like you can go around throwing yeah burritos at oh, yeah. oh yeah that'd be super that's expensive yeah that'd be expensive was that the story that you're gonna that you thought of at the liquor store or was your no that's store? that's a that's a tequila story oh, show that's a tequila story. Oh, are we going there? Not yet. Okay. No. Well, no, shall wait. we surprise shot it just yet? Yeah, why not? Surprise shots. 
surprise shots. We don't know what they are. Because they were a surprise. All right, I picked out <clears throat> tonight's surprise shot. I'm very excited. I've had this one picked out for a while. Oh, open. God, what is this? It smells citrusy. It smells like... Lemon. Take, take a shot. <sighs> it smells gross, and I'm probably not going to like it, and I'm probably going to be upset. Oh, oh wait. Uh, I can't tell. It Every, tastes, they're sniffing the alcohol. Just it, I smell everything before I drink. Tonight's surprise shot is rubbing alcohol. That's fucking gross. I don't know why you picked that. I know that flavor. It's awful. I know that, flavor. and it does not go it with actually, the margaritas. It actually tastes like pledge. Like this, the way that it tastes like rubbing alcohol. What is like it? Pledge. It does not go- like the spray, like the lemon. Spray. How do you know what pledge tastes like? It like. You know how when you smell something like you so strong, you know why the house is you so clean because she gets high off a of pledge, pledge. and yeah. then she cleans. Tonight we're getting high off pledge. What is it? It does not go well with the drink. I'm telling you that right now. Well, it's a, it's a okay. contrasting I think drink. It would be really good if I mix it with the appropriate things, but that is Fruit Loop vodka. Oh, I, okay. I can go. I can see vodka that. and tequila. Whatever. It tastes like Fruit Loops. Not not Fruit Loops loops, but like when you're you finish eating all the Fruit Loops and then the you boy. drink the the milk. The milk. It tastes like the milk. It tastes like the milk. Yeah. I, okay. So I definitely taste Fruit Loops after you told me what that was. I feel like it would be good with some sort of like like a some sort of soda goes well with it. Mm. Like maybe grape soda or brings punch. out the. I, I have seen oh, it before. Here's and why drink, and it's supposed to be really. Here's cool. why I'm really upset because now I want some Fruit Loops, and we don't have any Fruit Loops. I prefer Fruity Pebbles, actually. Oh, gross! There's not um, really okay. Yeah, if we're gonna pebbles. go, if we're gonna go bad cereal for you, I either have to say Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch causes cancer, or Reese's Cocoa Puffs. Captain Crunch causes uh, mouth cancer. You know what? They- why? Because it tears up your mouth. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. It really but tears what, up. But mouth. what kind of Captain Crunch? And it's Plain. not Captain. It's Captain. Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch is that's an abbreviation. No, not the berry one. No, remember, the berry one sucks. Do you remember the blueberries? I'm not into like the like fruity or berry type stuff. I in uh, whatever happened to Cookie Crisp? I never got into the Cookie Crisp. Did, or you know what I do like though? That's not bad cereal for you. Kicks. Oh, uh, I don't like that rabbit. I, I'll tell you my kicks. Oh. <laughs> Silly rabbit. <laughs> I'll tell you my raisin bran story. This is why I can never eat raisin bran again. I like raisin bran. It's my favorite cereal in the world. One of the highest sugar. <laughs> but it also calls me immense PTSD. When I was like nine years old, I grabbed raisin bran off the top of the fridge. I'll never forget because I used to read raisin bran like crazy. So they they put it out of reach for you. <clears throat> yeah, they put it, and I grabbed it, poured myself some. Poured myself pour, some. Poured yourself some. <laughs> yeah. So I poured myself some, poured some milk, and I it was in the morning, so I was like groggy. Like, uh, and I took like five or six bites, and then I finally looked down, and it was nothing but bugs all in it. <gasps> oh my gosh, that happened to me with... I was eating bugs. That happened, that happened. I mean, they were crawling around. I could Ew. feel them like in my stomach because it was so gross. That happened to me with Mrs. Grass Soup. We made we made Mrs. Grass soup when I was sick one one time, and there were like worms in there. It was gross. But I actually ate the worms. That's gross. Yeah, that's terrible. All right, so guys, I told you tonight's murder is about. Well, I told you the hint was Taco Bell. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm super excited. So why don't you go ahead and tell me what you think it's going to be about? I think this had nothing to do with Taco Bell at all, and you just really <laughs> wanted Taco yeah, Bell. Yeah, maybe <laughs> for dinner. Before we recorded the podcast, Jen. Um, I think that someone 
Someone gets shot outside of a Taco Bell in Colorado in 1976. No, Taco Bell wasn't even around 1976. 1980. Oh, she knows her Taco Bell knowledge. If you have any questions about Taco Bell, email Jim. I'm going to say 1998, and I'm going I'm to go back to my last attempt at California. I'm going to change my year to 1994. Okay. And um, Taco Bell is relatable. The studio hey, killer it could be relatable. worked at Taco Bell. Do you guys know Mattress Firm? So there's a serial killer... That he he's not really a serial killer, just kind of a maniac that got out of prison recently. I wouldn't consider him a serial killer, but within a week he killed three people at at mattress firms. Wow! He just went into a ma- random mattress firm and killed people. All right, so I guess we're not going to do the mattress firm. <laughs> <laughs> he probably, you know, they they charge they charge a thousand percent above the market price for those fucking beds. You know, they sell one mattress a month and they pay their old rent. That's how it stays open in business. That's why you go down, you, you drive three feet, and you see another mattress firm, and then you make book. a U-turn, drive a block, and you see another mattress firm. Yeah. So I'm doing the titles, right? Guess what tonight's title is for this the podcast coming up. What is it? Well, is it going to reveal too much? No. It's for the one that he's about to publish, right? Or yeah. the one that we're doing tonight. No, the one that we're doing tonight. Tell me what your best guess is. Uh, Yo, Kiero, um, murder. Nicole? Uh, okay, you struck out. Say, I was going to say, like, Chalupa murder. Yo, Kiero, taco hell. Ah. <laughs> That's good. Yo, Kiero, taco hell. You guys remember the little chihuahuas <laughs> I used to hand out? Well, you yes. were Nicole, but John, do you remember yes, the little chihuahuas? Yes, and I was, I'm going to play it. I collected all of them. They used to hand out the little chihuahuas with the meals that you got. Like what? an Happy Meal. Yeah, except yeah. they were tr- they were little Taco Bell chihuahuas. That's Gidget, the Taco Bell mascot. He died in 2004, I think. He was 15. Aww. Is there a replacement? There wasn't a replacement, but this was iconic back in the day. I remember. Yo quiero Taco Bell. Yo quiero Taco Bell. You know, Yo I, quiero I think Taco the Bell. biggest reason why I didn't have Taco Bell for, um, you know, pretty much until this evening is the fact that I mostly, like, what I think of Taco Bell, I don't necessarily think of the Chihuahua. I think of um, what happened when they found out that the meat in Taco Bell was, like, 20% beef, and, like, they, like, had to come back and, like, change their whole meat. What was the other 80%? Exactly. Pink slime? <laughs> I try not to think about it because it's so delicious. But now they're, I think they're at, like, 80% meat in their meat now. So that's, that's good. This review is from somebody that I have no idea who. His name is Massa Perry. It sounds like it's my last name because my last name is Perry, too. Maybe we're related. The title was Murder They Spoke. Interesting take on macabre stories. Group dynamic isn't forced and the conversations flow very naturally. Stories are interesting and well-researched and I recommend subscribing. Plus they are giving away Harriet Tubman books. Can I get, <laughs> can I get mine in audible format? I'm too important to devote a thousand words of reading. Thanks. So obviously that's my brother. Love you, brother. I'm super excited about this episode. I told you it was about Taco Bell. So ladies and listeners. 
Tonight, we're going to venture inside the mind of a true psychopath. And we're going to retrace the steps of the Taco Bell Strangler. This is really a name? (laughs) Yeah, that's his name. The Taco Bell Strangler? (laughs) Yeah. This is a story I can get behind. I guess all the other names are taken. This story is very, very interesting. And if you go to talkmurder.com, go to the blog, you'll find it. You will see pictures of the entire story. I mapped the entire story out. There's actual evidence photos from the crime scene that were literally never seen before that has just came out to the public. I have them on the blog. So go to the blog. If you're listening at home, follow along with us if you want to follow a story with the pictures. At one point... He was referred to by the local paper mm-hmm. as the Charlotte Strangler. Oh, oh, Charlotte, North Carolina. But they then referred to him in all the papers. Even now, he's most notorious for being known as the Taco Bell Strangler. One of the worst huh. serial killers in history of any state, Why especially North Carolina. Yeah. Because you guys don't. Do the research. Well, when did this take place? What year? How far off are we? Um, when did you say? 1996. I said 1994, but before that, I said 1989. But before that, I said no, 1976 because, yeah, but I changed it because Taco Bell wasn't around in 76. Okay, so Jen gets three guesses, apparently. Yeah. So Of course. Has, any, has anybody ever been to Charlotte? No. Yes. Well, in the Besides airport. You. Yeah. So tell us about Charlotte. Um, the Bobcats played there. I don't know who Actually, that is. The Bobcats were they were they were the Charlotte Hornets, and then this this is a basketball team. The franchise got sold to New Orleans, and the New Orleans team became the Hornets. And then Michael Jordan, who owns the show, who owned the Charlotte Bobcats, bought back the Hornets, and now New Orleans is the Pelicans. I don't know even what sport you're talking about, Jim. Also, the Carolina Panthers play there. All right, guys, let me let me get on with the story. I want to tell you about Brandy Henderson. Is Brandy a male or female? Do you know any guys Brandy, named Brandy? She's a fine girl. What a good wife she, she would be. be. Such a fine girl. My, my, wife, my love and my lady is the sea. Yeah. Well, I, she would be fine. She would be fine if she didn't get murdered. Oh, okay. Okay, so she's 18. She's living with her boyfriend, Vernice Lamar Woods. Vernice? Ver- Vernice or Vernice. I'm going to tell you right now, I apologize. I am very bad at messing up words, as you guys know, and I'm probably going to butcher a thousand names tonight. I'm okay. extremely sorry. Okay. She lived, she was 18. She lived with her boyfriend and their 10 month old son how old okay. is she 10 month how old is she? oh she's 18 okay march 9th 1994 so nicole you were not even born yet yes babe wait did you say 1994 yeah. that was jen's third guess to which i only got <laughs> one and got was within two years of my first try yeah but i still said you know four years and i said 96 oh i thought i said 98 nope well I still said 1994. Mm-hmm. Okay, this story is going to piss everyone off. The boyfriend, Mr. Woods, comes home. It's kind of late at night. It's like midnight. 
and his wife, girlfriend, his girlfriend, his girlfriend, Miss Henderson, 18 years old, is in the house with their 10 month old son. Okay. So he knocks on the, well, he doesn't knock on the door, but he, you know, opens the door. Because he lives there. Yeah. So he has a key, but before he puts the key in there, he turns the knob and then it, it comes open and he's just like, what the fuck? I always tell her to lock the door. What's going on? He walks into the room. He walks into his own apartment. And immediately, there's stuff scattered everywhere on the living room floor. Right? And he notices... I mean, because she's a very clean person. He is, too. Everything's always tidy, unlike, you know, you guys. So, he also notices that hysteria is missing Mm -hmm. out of the cabinet. Right? And... He's like, oh, my God, like, what is happening? And he, he keeps calling out, you know, Brandy, Brandy, where where are you? You know, and then he runs into the bedroom and immediately he sees his 10-month-old son. Oh, no. His face, this little baby, is completely blue. He is deprived of oxygen and there is a towel wrapped around his neck and tied like some sort of animal, and this baby. It wasn't a towel; it was it was gym shorts. So it, he noticed it was something. He walks in; these gym shorts were tied around the baby's neck. Ten month old kid, Ugh. and this kid miraculously is still alive, struggling what? for air. Thank God. Literally struggling for air. We almost and left if, dead in the first 10 minutes. Yeah, and if it was any, any, if he would have came in any later, this kid would have been dead. Immediately, he runs over there, un- gets it untied, okay? And I want you to know, the kid, the son, ended up surviving, but barely. He got rushed to the emergency room, and they thought he was going to have brain damage and all kinds of stuff, but he eventually came, because he had... When they were in the emergency room, they're doing, you know, the test to see if he's there, see if he's normal, has normal reactions. He wasn't there. Oh, wow. Because his brain wasn't getting the required oxygen it needed for so long, right? But miraculously, 30 minutes later, after the doctor was one-on-one with the kid, he started coming back to reality. And the kid's fine, even today. Wow. Good. Okay. All right, I'm assuming now, that not was, a good outcome for Brandy, though. No, not a good outcome for Brandy. Brandy was found face down on the bed. He pulls her over, pulls the body over, grabs her by his shoulder, flips her over. Her face is completely blue. She's got two bath towels wrapped around her throat, tied to, tied where, like, the Hulk tied them. And she's dead. He calls 911. The first thing he does is take those those shorts that on the baby, the baby's throat, saves the baby's life, right, his son. Second thing, call 911 after he removes Brandy's towels. And 911 operator's like, stay calm, stay calm, stay calm. Mm-hmm. Here's how you administer CPR. So Brandy was already dead. She's been dead. Right. But he still went through the steps. And they tried their hardest to resuscitate her on the way to the hospital, which she's done. 18 years old, mother, single, or not single mother. Well, yes, single mother. And then her, that wasn't 
Well, you know, that's not his son. You know what I'm saying? That's her boyfriend. Oh, that was the baby. That wasn't yeah. the baby daddy. No, that's her boyfriend. Oh, uh, does okay. he end up raising the kid? But it doesn't matter. That, that's not part of her. No. So, mother dead in her own home. Interesting though that yeah, like, so. whoever the killer is would like use bath towels. Mm-hmm. Like that's a pretty bulky thing to try to like tie around somebody's neck. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's something like smaller and thinner and easier to like tie. Right. You know, I feel like that's a lot of effort and yeah. you probably have to be really strong to use bath towels. So yeah. do you guys, Sick. yeah. Do you guys remember the nineties? I love the nineties. Yeah. What name one thing you love about the nineties? The music. Name one band. Third Eye Blind. Oh God, I knew you were going to say that. Green Day. Jimmy uh, World. Was no Jimmy he started in nineteen ninety. I know, but they're kind of. A, I mean, I'm talking about a band that fizzled out. Nirvana. Like uh, no, not Nirvana. No, well, yeah, but um, like Third Eye Blind. I saw Smash Mouth. They came in town last year. Third Eye Blind. Uh, LFO. Um, they came to call it to my college, and one of my roommates. Like one of my sweet mates won backstage passes. That's cool. Yeah, I guess. All right, guys. So let me tell you about Charlotte. Okay. Nicole, tell me who Hugh McCoy is. No clue. Jen. A man. Jen is correct. Charlotte was single handedly built by one man Hugh McCoy. Hugh McCoy. Yeah. So Charlotte in the 70s was, I mean, you never even heard of Charlotte. Charlotte now is one of the biggest cities in the world. Here, let me show you a graph real quick. I say world. Yeah, it South. is. No, it's yeah. a huge city. Let me show you a graph real quick, but don't look at anything else. Geographically, look, Jacksonville is the biggest city in the United States. This is Charlotte compared to Knoxville. Well, not see, 19. Well, city. okay, well, all right, well, never mind. I'm never doing that again. All right. So in the 70s, the population growth of Charlotte skyrockets. During the 70s and the 80s, there was a huge boom in Charlotte. I mean, I'm talking about exponential growth. Charlotte had a massive population growth. And with that massive population growth was massive crime rate. Mm -hmm. So the Charlotte homicide unit, there were only nine detectives. Wow. Nine. Okay. The year. So the murders I'm going to tell you tonight took place in a 22 month period. Hmm. That same year, those nine detectives, there were 199 homicides split up between nine detectives. And wow. if it did, you go to. That's over. That's over. That's over. Uh, uh, 22 murders. That's like 22.4 murders per person. Jen's drunk. Please do the math on that in your own time. Yeah, on the calculator, I swear. So that it's it, that's true. Yeah. So they were murdering. They were catching bodies. That's what Drake says. I'm catching bodies. He's catching those bodies. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because you're going to see later that they got a lot of pushback. Okay, this was the Wild Wild West. Who got a lot of pushback? The Charlotte Police Department. We going straight to uh, the Oh, that wild, was 90s. Wild West. No, that was 2002. To 
the wild wild west that was like it got millennial crazy. style or it was really big willie style was no that was a great movie any uh, will smith i love will smith will welcome smith to miami and magneto mommy mommy bienvenido yeah. a miami a miami bienvenido a miami yeah that, that yeah that's what i said okay so anyway um the reason i told you that is because they got a lot of pushback you're about to see one guy go on a rampage and the police not only couldn't connect each murder together, even though they're extremely similar, but they couldn't catch the guy either. And he was in the own, his own backyard. How many murders are we talking about? We'll just have to wait and see. The murder that I opened up with, I opened up with that murder to set the tone. And I want you guys to, when you listen to these murders in sequential order... See the evolution of a serial killer. See how his M.O. isn't really defined. If you think of serial killers, what do you think of? You think of someone that has deliberate thought about how he's going to achieve. This, I feel like this guy is just doing it on the fly. It's like he really shouldn't be labeled a serial killer. So the M.O. is very sloppy. It's never the same. But that Brandy Henderson. That's kind of smart, though. Yeah. Brandy Henderson, remember she was 18 years old? Her 10-month-old son, almost dead. She was dead with the two towels around her neck. That was his eighth victim. Oh. And there's still more after that. Way to throw us off there by not starting at the beginning. I didn't want to start at the beginning because I I feel like that one will really set the tone. So are we going to go back now? Yeah, we're going back, but not very long. That was when, Jen? 1994. 1994. We're only going back a few years. But I thought you said that all the killings took place in 22 months. Yeah, we're going back two years. So. Oh. Yeah. So okay. 1992 is when the first murder happened. Now, when I was talking about the police getting pushback, they actually didn't even know about this murder until the killer was in custody. Oh. And said, hey, oh yeah, I killed Miss Sharon Nance. They were like, what? And that then was, he that sh- was you, man. He showed her the body. See, see what I'm doing? Getting oh, with she, the. Did they not even know she was missing? They knew she was missing. They knew all these women were missing. But at this uh-huh. time, there were a lot of women missing. Charlotte's not really a good place to be. There's a lot of crime in Charlotte. So the reason I'm telling you this is they thought all these murders were separate, and they couldn't make the connection, and they got a lot of hate for it. The citizens were frantic because they they felt like they weren't doing their job, but they were understaffed, they were overworked, and they were dealing with pandemonium here. So I got their back. So anyway, all right. The first murder was not like the eighth. It wasn't uh, strangled on the bed with two cloths, not just one. Broken you know, her apartment. Not only breaking in the apartment, but there's no fingerprints. So by your eighth victim, you're wiping off fingerprints, is which he, he did. You know, he got a bath cloth, whatever, put water on it, mm-hmm. wipe down everything. Oh, I touch the doorknob, wipe it down. I touch the sink, wipe it down. Police found nothing. That's going to be hard to keep track of everything that you touch. Police also didn't do a rape kit test, which keep that in mind because the victim was clothed. Detective Gary McFadden was one of the prime detectives. 
and he was good friends with Sharon Nance. Mm. Sharon Nance was a prostitute in Charlotte at the time. And when Detective Gary Fadden first moved to Charlotte, that was one of the first persons that he actually met, and they became really good friends. The reason I'm doing this story is because it was a 25th anniversary of this murder, and it was this murder still haunts Charlotte today. Hmm. So, is it the first murder we're talking about? No, the whole thing, the, oh. the whole story still haunts Charlotte. 1993. Sharon Nance, prostitute. During this time, there were four women. Now, these are all African American women. Hence, another reason, which we're going to talk about later, why the police got so much pushback. Because if this would have happened to a wealth, you know, not wealthy, but higher white, class white, white family, white. would it? Never. Would they have gotten more attention? Yeah. You know, just think about that. Because, I mean, not being racist, but this is what they were dealing with. Not only did they have this, like, homicidal, psychopathic murder killing all these people, they also had the public not believing in them. Yeah. And saying, oh, if this were a white family, it wouldn't be like this. Oh, yeah. But this is a lower class black neighborhood that all these people were, were getting murdered, right? So... The second was Sharon Nance. She was a prostitute. She worked the streets for a long time. Her her body was found dumped. Detectives found her body on the side of a highway. That's not fair. John's already a, has a full glass ahead of us. So Sharon Nance, thirty three years old. They found her body dumped on the side of the highway. Okay, the next murder. Caroline Love. Now, they couldn't find Caroline Love's body. They actually didn't find the body until the killer pointed it out. So the killer had the second a, one where he had the, a No, the out. killer did get caught, right. but he had to drive the police to the body. And by that time, this two years later, it was decomposed. Did he show, to show the police where he buried these people so he could get yeah. a better sentence? No, it, it, this guy didn't get any good sentence. He was... This guy's death row, and he's still sitting there today waiting for his turn. Really? Yeah, he's still waiting for his turn. I feel like it takes a really long time. It does take a really long time. <laughs> Let me tell you about Shauna Hawk. So now you got two two women missing. You know what was the? How did he kill the other? The second one? Um, the first one, Sharon Nance was beaten. So when the detectives got to the like scene, broken into her home, beaten. To death. No, she was. I mean, she was on the street. She's a prostitute. Oh. So she was picked up, and then she was dropped off. They don't think she was killed at the dump site, what they call the dump site. They think she was beaten somewhere else and then, and then dumped there. there. Okay. She was, was beaten. One. The way they said, there's no pictures of her or whatever her body, but they said she was beaten with an intense amount of rage like a hatred thing almost Hmm. i mean to beat a prostitute like that it's one thing to kill a prostitute which we don't condone but another thing to to beat them up so bad that they actually die of getting yeah exactly they get beat to death death. and so the second one was caroline loves same way she was strangled and and she was also a prostitute yeah she was also a prostitute yeah okay now police and detectives are, they're frantic. Number one, the crime's already that bad. And these aren't, they, they just thought, okay, well, there's, there's 
already four. We're going to go through four wait, women wait. that are missing. We go haven't ahead. gone through three or four yet. Yeah, Sharon Nance was the first one. Caroline Love. Yeah. The third one, Shauna Hawk. She actually, her body was discovered. This is Shauna Hawk Was right she here. also a prostitute beaten? No. Well, she's African-American, too. Yeah, they they're all, are, they're all right? African-American. Shauna Hawk was a paralegal student. She was going to Central Piedmont, Central Piedmont Community College. And she worked at Taco Bell. Okay. I'm going to tell you, on 19th of February, 19th of February, 1993, her mom, D. Sumter, comes home and she wasn't there because they lived together. So she walks in the door and it's cold outside. Okay. It's freezing. It's February. Burr. And it's snow. I mean, it's, it's frigid. Her mom walks in the door and sees her purse in the closet as well as her jacket. She doesn't go anywhere without her. Number one, she doesn't go anywhere without her purse. So she's home. And number two, she doesn't go anywhere without a jacket. It's freaking February. And it's cold. I said burr. It's cold in here. There must be some tacos in the atmosphere. Oh, I, I said burr. It's cold in here. Our mother's name is Sylvia. Sylvia Denise Sumter. Sylvia, so she's worried. They're in this apartment, and she calls her boyfriend, not her boyfriend, but her daughter's boyfriend, Daryl Kirkpatrick, and says, hey, have you seen my daughter? Have you seen Shauna Hawk? Where is she at? She was... She, She's supposed to be at Taco Bell. No, no, she was supposed to be at Taco Bell now. She was supposed to pick up her godson mm. at the daycare. And the daycare calls. Um, excuse me, are you guys going to come pick up this kid? Shauna doesn't call her mom, doesn't call her boyfriend. So the boyfriend actually calls her, the mom, and says, what is going on? Where, where is Shauna? I've heard from her all day. And then her mom, they only lived eight minutes away from each other. Mm-hmm. Literally, like, you can almost walk there. Jen, are you all right? Listening. So she's like, all right, come over here right now. That's what her mom says to the boyfriend. He gets to the door and he's and she's like, listen, do you look some straight in the eye? Do you have anything to tell me? Don't bullshit me. Do you know where she is? And then he is as frantic as her. I I I don't know. I, but he says, I something's not right. Something doesn't feel right. You know when something's just not right? Mm. Like yeah. you know. Like when someone's behind you, that you can feel it. Uh-huh. That feeling. He got that, and then they freaked out together. So they go into the house, and they're like, oh, shit, what do we do? Call the police. Mm-hmm. Police on the way over th- to talk to them, maybe file a missing persons report. Now, it's not, it's not too uncommon for someone like Shauna. I mean, she had a godson, but she didn't have any kids. She right. was a student. She worked at Taco Bell. She didn't really have that many responsibilities. It's not uncommon for someone like her to kind of get fed up with stuff, you know, family, and just say, you know what, just, uh, it's all this world. I'm going to take a drive, maybe get a hotel for a few days, and just, and there wasn't really cell phones back then. Well, maybe, maybe it was uncommon for this girl. I don't know. It was very uncommon for her, yeah. But the police said it's not uncommon for 
Yeah, just for in general. Girls like her. Yeah. It's not uncommon for a 20-year-old college student, you know, to just run off for a few days to kind of just decompress. But it is weird because everyone that knew Shauna knew she was, Shauna was the girl when you have a problem, anyone in their extended family, they have something to work out, they got drama, go to Shauna. Shauna figured out. She's the one that's educated. She's in college. She knows. So for her to just run off, no. They knew something was wrong. So Kirkpatrick, the boyfriend, walks through the house just in case, you know, just like trying to figure out, you know, is she is she asleep somewhere? Like, what's going on? Like, where? what's happening? Shauna's mom is standing by the window and she hears Kirkpatrick's footsteps as he's walking through the house downstairs to the guest bathroom. And he walks into the bathroom and he notices that the bathroom curtain is outside. You know, you're supposed to keep the bathroom curtain inside the tub. That's how it blocks the water from getting outside because it runs off the curtain. So he was like, okay, this is a little off because it's usually inside. He pulls back the curtain. And there's Shauna. Oh, no. Face down, submerged in water. Cold water. Totally different MO. Cold water. And of course, and Shauna's mom doesn't know what's happening. Has no idea that her daughter is dead in the guest bathroom bathtub in submerging cold water with her clothes on. She has no idea. All she hears is the screaming of her boyfriend, a full-grown man screaming at the top of his lungs. Mm. Call 911! Call 911! She's here! She's here! There was no helping her. There was no trying to resuscitate her. She was gone. She was far gone. In the bathtub, the detective, McFadden, the one that I showed you earlier, Found a child's toy in the bathtub. That was all they found. She was clothed. Face was down. In the tub. She was dead. Was the child's toy part of like... It was her godson's, I think. Yeah. Um, Detectives was quickly called. Immediately, the boyfriend's the suspect. Suspect number one. And that's natural. Because... Go ahead. Sorry. I was just agreeing with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The boyfriend or the husband's always the suspect. Mm -hmm. This is a strangulation... There's not many of those. So what makes a strangulate? Like, what makes it different? Think about murdering someone and shooting them versus strangling them. You have to get up close and personal. Up close and personal. Not only that, but not just strangulation, but with strangulation, you like really kind of make a person suffer. When you shoot someone in the head, it's almost yeah like, instant. instant. Yeah. So another thing they noticed, which you kind of have more power over it because it's like you're. The one that's doing the killing, your hands, your hands, yeah, are are taking the life out of someone. Where with another device, whether, uh, whether it be gu- a knife or, or a gun, yeah, it's. I mean, knife. There's something so, in between you is, and the yeah, and the person. I mean, one can argue that the knife is more similar to the strangle because you're doing the action. Like when you shoot someone, it's just like pull the trigger, boom. Another thing Nicole pointed out earlier is 
Well, they broke into the house and killed them, right? Mm-hmm. Because they also started noticing with these robberies that stuff was stolen. That, I mean, deadbolt does not look like it was locked. The the listen, the stereo was stolen. There's money stolen from everyone. Mm. This is an actual crime scene evidence. Every murder that they did, that they, you know, did the crime scene thing on. What no do you fourth call? century. Huh? No fourth century. Yeah. Every murder that they investigated, there was no fourth century of any kind. There was no broken locks. There were no broken windows. So what does that mean? They knew the victims. They knew the victim. They had access. Yeah. They had so, access. So, like they... The victims knew them to open the door, or they had a key. If you know someone well enough to let them in your home, then you must trust that person. Mm-hmm. So now they have a link. But did police but really first, follow the link? But the first two were picked up on the street, so as of right now. Well, those first two were dumped. Those two were a different M.O. Right. Same but killer. they were also, like, picked up on the street. They weren't... Yeah, because they were prostitutes, but they were dumped in a dump site. Right. It was a completely di- different M.O. You can't blame the cops for that because there's no way they connected them. You know, they... I mean... I, I could see that, yeah. Yeah, so... But they Just were getting pushback because, yeah. you know, I told you about victim eight. You know? So... Yeah. But the rest of the victims... You know, besides the first two, there were no fourth century of any kind. And they noticed that and they got pushed back because they didn't follow through with all the leads. Everyone that knew these people. And it turns out every one of these girls that I'm going to talk about tonight were connected. Mm, wow. To one person. And it has something to do with Taco Bell. The Taco Bell Strangler. All aboard. All right, so we're doing showering at night versus showering in the morning because that's where one of the victims was found was in the bathtub. All right, I'm going to take shower in the morning. Why? Because, like, because when you wake up, like, you can start your day and, and clean and feel fresh, refreshed to start your day. Yeah, but at night, like, after I'm done from work, I just want to, want, like, one, you've been working all day, so you're kind of like feeling gross mm. so i need to like freshen up after work and like it helps me relax before i'm ready to like get in my pjs mm-hmm. well yeah i can see that showering kind of like helps me wake up though like i'm like all groggy when i wake up and i'm like once i get there and I, like wash my face and like shower i feel like ah, okay i'm ready to take on this day mm. I-, I will say like if before i'm traveling somewhere i'll try to shower in the morning because when you travel, like it's extra icky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I used to, I used to shower at night, like when I was growing up. I don't know when I switched. Maybe when I went to high school. I will give you this though, like when you shower at night, like then you don't have to worry about showering in the morning. I'll save you time to get ready. Yeah, that's I rush. True. I rush to get. Well, ready. also, like if I'm do, if I need to have my hair dry, like I also, I'm not like a right before you go to bed shower person mm-hmm. most of the time. I'm right. like a. Come home from work. Come home from work, preferably shower first before dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, but normally, because I, John is hungry, I, as soon as I get home, I have to feed him first right. and then shower. Right. But but then I like have more time for my hair to dry mm-hmm. before going to bed versus yeah. if I did it in the morning, then I would be like totally yeah. screwed. Plus, for. I sleep with my hair up, so like if I sleep with the wet. All right, I'm back. <laughs> Let me tell you what the killer's mom says. Oh. If he did this, 
I don't know who he takes after. <laughs> Nobody in my family ever did anything like this. <laughs> who would tie up a baby? True. Someone I mean, he tried to kill that baby. That baby's a fighter. Struggling for that breath. <gasps> He's alive. So they finally figured out who the killer was. Who was doing all this. But it took him eight murders. And by the time okay, they so- caught him, he murdered two more people. Oh my god. Wait, is that it took eight murders, including the first two that we talked about? Yes. So he then killed two more people to make So he killed ten total. This is why eleven total. This is why That's eight plus three, not eight plus two. Yeah, there he he threw another one in there too that they didn't know about. This is why I told you that the police in Charlotte got so much pushback. Not only that, but these women two of them lived in the same apartment complex they all live within a few miles from each other on the east side of charlotte now not the nice part kind of not section a but kind of lower class or lower income housing you know what this makes me think of is jim carrey's movie the cable guy was he a service technician that people were letting into their homes and then he killed them that's a really good point i i feel like he works at taco bell though no the other girl did if the police, the Taco Bell if the police, there's more. Now I'm not saying that they didn't do their job, but if they would have actually interviewed everyone that Shauna Hawk, the one that I just told you was murdered, Taco Bell, the mm-hmm. one that was found in the bathtub, everyone that she knew, they would have interviewed the person that hired her. Her boss. He was thinking that. Because why else would you open the door for someone and had to be related to Taco Bell? Exactly. Or her her boss. So at Huntington, we've been asking ourselves, can we make saving money any easier? And we think we've solved it. Introducing Money Scout. It analyzes your spending habits, income, and expenses to find money not being used in your checking account, then pushes it to savings automatically. Why would a bank do that? Just to help people thrive. That's how we reinvent banking. Huntington, welcome. Subject to eligibility, terms, conditions, and account agreements. Learn more and enroll at Huntington.com slash Money Scout. There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Listen, the Time Magazine put out an article called Dances with Werewolves. Basically, it goes through serial killers that know their victims. So do you remember Little Red Riding Hood? She let the werewolf in yeah. or something and because it was dressed as her grandma. No. Or what yeah. was it? Something like that? Yeah, but I think you're right. There's something like that. Anyway, so the article is talking about there's no forced entry. These people were letting in the killer into their home and there was nothing knocked over. So they didn't expect to die. It was literally random, but they knew him. So he was like a werewolf. Oh, he was like, oh, oh no, 
A wolf in sheep's clothing. Oh. That's what I meant. A wolf in sheep's clothing. He was a wolf in sheep's that clothing. Now. He would come into the home, not break in, enter, not, you know, break the window or pick the lock or break the door down. The door was but for him. he would steal money. And he would steal things that he could pawn. Well, he would have a, an opportunity to case the victim if he knew them. That way he knew like about their socioeconomic status, what type of belongings they have based on like what they, you know, their clothing, um, like the watches they might have worn to work, things like that. Their jewelry. Yeah. Jewelry. That's a good point. During this time mm-hmm. and detectives knew this and everyone knew it because a large percent of the population knew it firsthand. The crack cocaine epidemic was in full swing. Everyone was addicted to crack, literally. Everyone. So if they go investigate a robbery, breaking and entering. Have you ever seen those shirts that have, like, on the back of them say no to crack with a with an arrow pointing huh. down? What? I have not, but that's great. Charlotte, especially during this time, the 90s, because of the population growth, you know, and it like you were talking about earlier, it puts people in economic turmoil. It was crack became, especially in the inner city, a huge epidemic. So number one, the cops were dealing with 200 murders, you know, over a hundred murders annually, a crack epidemic, mm. everything under the sun. So. All with nine detectives. Yeah, exactly. Eight weeks, eight weeks after Shauna was murdered. In her bathtub. Finally, they get a lead. Not a really very... From another murder? No, not from another murder. From a security guard at her college. They they should have went to her college. Because her car was missing. So they didn't... They didn't go to her college. They didn't interview her boss. Or anyone that she worked... I mean, like, just her co-worker. This is why she got... they, They got so much pushback yeah well i mean like do your job you know i know you got a lot of cases but like if you you're gonna solve it if you don't ask yeah right if questions. you don't do things thoroughly then you're not gonna solve any cases yeah. like sorry well her mom shauna's mom put together a huge campaign shauna's and she was gone. a bulldog when it comes to she held a press release got all the news involved and she was the one asking the questions. Why? 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 How's it been eight weeks? And I have no word about who killed my daughter. Nothing. You got, she would repeatedly say, are you guys even doing anything? I mean, did they even check her fingerprints for these? Well, there were no fingerprints. The killer actually r- wiped down all the fingerprints. Oh, he is doing it already at that murder. Yeah. So he's wiping down all those fingerprints. At that moment, you have to understand Life goes into a zillion pieces. And this is Shauna mom, Shauna's mom talking. And each time I reach for one of those pieces, they don't fit. They'll never fit again. Shauna was not just my child. She was my sister. She was my best friend. I started having some questions about what was going on. I'm not out on a witch hunt or a vengeance campaign, but it seems like they weren't doing everything they should. That was a press release that she told the media in a direct, uh, almost attack towards the homicide unit, especially Detective Gary McFadden, 
Keep in mind, during that 22-month killing spree, detectives handled 199 homicides. It's a lot for nine people. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, oh, I go to a homicide and uh, work here a few hours and then we wrap it up. No, you're there for, I mean... You spend weeks. Yeah, you spend weeks on it. Mm -hmm. So they were stretched pretty thin. But eight weeks later, a lead came in. The security guard at her college found her car. Her car was there. Hmm. Okay. Was her car not there before? No, it was there before, but no, they didn't check the college. Looked. They didn't check. No, they didn't look. The, a security guard. Eight weeks later, and they didn't realize that a car had been parked there. This is why I told you earlier they were getting pushback. But like, but not even just the police. Like campus security should have noticed that there was a car. Well, it's not there campus security's weeks. fault. But campus no, campus, campus security did notice. Yeah. Police's fault. Now police finally have. A lead. They finally got Shauna's car. Now, what do you think they noticed about the car that would give them some sort of hint about who the killer is? Someone else's, like, work badge or something is in it. They looked in the car. There's no fingerprints. They fingerprinted the entire car. Inside. Dashboard. Locks. Steering wheel. Nothing. The killer has once again wiped off his prints in the car. Well, maybe Shauna drove the car and she was kidnapped there. And then brought to her apartment? Yeah, maybe, maybe, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But Or maybe she was giving her killer a ride and she invited him in. Wait, no, her killer had to have given her a ride. But they, well, just let me say... is at the school. What they did notice was the driver's seat. It was pushed back. Shauna was 5'2". If she was to sit in there right now, she wouldn't even be able to reach the gas pedal. Mm. Someone has sat in her car and forgot to pull the seat back up. The killer must be over six feet tall. Mm. Because a six foot tall man, that's the perfect distance from him from the wheel to the gas pedal. Well, it could be six foot tall woman. Good. Yeah. So they exist, you know. Another thing they noticed was okay so her car was found abandoned in at her school in the parking garage talking to the campus security they figured out that's where she always parks she always parks there when she comes to class what does that mean well the seat's back that means shauna wasn't in the car the killer drove her car because the seat's back and must know her so well that he actually knows where she parks mm. at school. I mean, think about the detail like that. If you yeah. asked me, if you asked me to park in Nicole's car where she parks at work, I wouldn't be able to do it. This killer knew his victim so well that he knew where she parked so at college. Maybe they went to school together. The exact spot. They carpooled together. Okay. Mm. Another thing they found out. The killer wasn't that smart. They found a palm print. Oh. Not fingers, but palm. Where the handle was? On the trunk. Oh. And they, they use that later. But, um... Next murder happened. Let's get on to the next murder. Okay, number four. Audrey Spain. The 25th of June, 1993. This is how the guy gets his name. What's his name? Taco, Taco Bell Strangler. Taco Bell Strangler. 
So Audrey Spain, she didn't show up for work at her job at Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Same Taco Bell. Window. Like- no. Uh, same one. Yeah. Windover Road. I actually been to this one after class. Kind of creepy. Ew. All right. Not during this time period, but no, I know, but that is kind of creepy. Yeah. So her her manager, being the good Southern type that we are. Notices that she wasn't at work for a few days. So he calls the house wondering, you know, what's going on? What's the deal? Is everything okay? You quit. That's one thing. But at least let me know that you're still breathing. He drives to her house, her apartment, and her car's there in a parking lot. Looks to the window. Doesn't really see anything out of place. Goes back home. Next morning, he calls again. No answer. So finally, he calls 911. They go go over there they look through the like the windows and stuff and not notice anything so they actually don't i mean because they, they can't break an enter and stuff like that the right. cops can't just kick the door down the maintenance personnel is the one that found shauna or excuse me they found audrey spain they found her dead on her body or they found her dead on her back on the bed mm. strangled mm. How was she strangled? With the Taco Bell wrappers. Taco Bell wrappers. That would be way too obvious. (laughs) A towel. Towel. Yeah, actually, I think this one was a bra and a towel. But yeah, the the signature MO of his was a two two literatures around the neck, tightened so tight that they couldn't breathe until they passed out dead. Was this the same manager... Um, that made that like house call as the manager from the other girl. It's the same Taco Bell, same manager. No, it was a different manager. Oh, okay. No, w- a lot of turnover in retail and fast food. Yeah, it's true. One thing they noticed about all these victims strangled on their bed is their clothes were on. I mean, who would strangle someone on their bed? And then, so they, they weren't sexually assaulted. They weren't sexually assaulted. Maybe he was gay. Maybe. So so if you walked into a house or and their clothes were on, so if you walked into or a homicide... Wasn't attracted to them. Could be Jen, people. Maybe it was too close of a friend. If you walked into a homicide mm-hmm. scene and the woman is clothed, so you would say that maybe he was gay, maybe he wasn't attracted to her. If I walked into maybe. a homicide room... um where a woman was clothed and strangled on the bed. First of all, I'd probably freak the fuck out. And well, you're a detective. You see this all the time. Oh, I'm, you didn't say I was a detective. Yeah, you're, I mean, why would you just walk into a random homicide scene? Well, who knows? Maybe it can happen. You never know what you're going to walk into. You can walk into like a hotel room and find it. You find a dead maid. Who knows? What is kind of throwing me off about the MO is the first two and the fact that when I think of like strangled prostitutes. Don't think about the first two. The first no, two I were. Know, but that's where like it. The, but, if it's if it's someone who were it's a sex, sexual crime, it, including the uh, something that happened to a prostitute. I'm thinking but, that there's like an act, a, a strong rage against women to, in order to like violate them in that way. So, so the fact you, that he beat one to death, it didn't with his bare hands. Yeah, yeah, but it didn't necessarily. Maybe he hated the the. I, I don't know, or, or could have been a woman. Who knows? This is know. this is why, if you put yourself in the homicide, because they were thinking the same thing you guys are thinking. Okay, 
what type of person would do this and then completely change the MO, it, they don't seem like they would connect. But so you would walk into a homicide unit and think, oh, maybe he's gay. Maybe what would you think if you walked into a homicide well, and, and saw her clothes on the maybe, bed? I mean, and choked. But but not every not every strangler not sexually every murder assault. is sexual. Yeah, not every yeah. But either not, way, you wouldn't think it was sexually assaulted. I mean, it depends. You'd have to test the body. Yeah, yeah. Because maybe suffered. maybe it was like he was sexual, and and I'm not I, you you know if they didn't if they weren't sexually sexually assaulted, that's one thing. But like maybe. He sexually assaulted them, and then he put the clothes back on. Who knows? You, you'd have to. It's if when you walk into a room, you have to think about a bunch of different things. You have you'd to, have that's to when the yeah. ideas start flowing. You have to start thinking of different theories, yeah. and see which one plays out. That's the role of the detective is to figure out what theory is the most yeah. likely. So, Every scene tells a story, but it's really interesting that you said that. Oh, maybe he was gay. Maybe he didn't find him attractive because I said they had their clothes on. But okay. did they do it a, a test uh, to see if they were raped? You're looking at 200 homicides a year. How test. long does a test take to get back? Not long. It's, it's, it takes yeah, a I long mean, time. It should be, 90s. No, it should be part of the autopsy. No, it takes a no. A, it no, it's not. A, te- a rape kit test has to go to a separate lab, and then it's backlogged. Also, they didn't do rape kit tests. Because the clothes were on. Just like you guys said, maybe he was gay. Uh, I'm telling you right now, let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you the the killer, how he would do it. He would go in. Now, he he didn't go in like, this is stick up or bust down the door and say. He knows them. So he walks in, sits on the couch, flips the TV on, maybe the victims walking over you know how was your day a oh, fucking shitty all this stuff she walks to the kitchen to get him some water he comes up behind her he puts her in a chokehold so she's like what the fuck like i don't what, what's going on this is like one of my best friends he chokes her out into the point of unconsciousness and in multiple ones of these i'm going to share with you when she passes out or is really close to it, because he's choking her, and she doesn't know what's going on, so she kind of limps to the floor. He drags her to the bed, and then she, if she's still kind of conscious, he demands her to take her clothes off, and then he demands oral sex from her, and then he rapes her, and then after that, when they're done, basically he raped her, he tells her to put her clothes back on and he says this is a also a robbery you need to give me all your bank cards you know like the the first victim i told you about everything was spread on the floor and the stereo was missing it's a robbery he's robbing these victims but he knows these victims they put their clothes on then he takes a towel or something after they're like why would you just do that like what what's going on he just tightens it behind their neck and he finishes them off and he leaves them there because they weren't naked. Even the girl in the bathtub, Shauna Hawk, was not naked. She was fully clothed. When you walk in and see someone fully clothed, you you don't think he actually went to the trouble of actually putting all our clothes back on. That's a lot of work. I know, but I, it, in any murder today that happens, yeah, it do, like it would be tested. And in many of the cases, it the victim. But this is 25 years ago. The victim also put their clothes True. on themselves. And that's what I'm saying. Like, today, if that were to happen, 
every, every female 20, that's murdered 25 is. 25 years ago in the South. Yeah. When well, no wonder they ever. couldn't fucking find any. The killer, like, I mean, come P- on. Plus, the victim, yeah, she got raped, but in most cases, she would put her clothes on by herself because she wasn't dead yet. Hmm. So she she was choked so she out. She was just disoriented. She was choked out basically to the point of unconscious, and now he's got all the control over her. I mean, this is, at one point, the... So it's almost like, you're going to let me live if I do this. And one... A life or death. Story. Yeah, exactly. One victim, and he, confe- he confessed all these, and he in gruesome detail, and very accurate gruesome detail, which is a trait that psychopaths have because they can remember in vivid detail everything because they have no emotions or they so can't sure. process what well, they said he was a psychopath i don't know i mean what? Well, so anyway they they can't they don't you know how a lot of people they do traumatic things and they can't even think about it yeah this guy could visit every murder every time he choked and raped someone in vivid detail and he could recall exactly what the victim said to him you know and at one point, he said, yeah, she thought of me like a big brother. Mm. And of course they let... I mean, he was the sheep... He was the wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. They let her into his house because, hey, this is this is Henry. Henry Lewis Wallace, that was the name. Three-name oh, killer. Another three. This is Henry Lewis Wallace. He's, he's like a big brother to me. Mm. And then all of a sudden... He's not. He puts his, his arm around me. He's behind me. Chokes me. Let me tell you about Valencia Jumper. Valencia. Victim number four, an ambitious 19-year-old political science student. She was extremely smart. She was a senior. My sister is a poli-sci student and an administration of justice. Nicole graduated, or Nicole was third place in her school's geography B. But that was not college. I, and she's a public this is a shir- Hey, Jen, this is a shirt that I want her to make. I want to do the United States, like all the states, and then have a few of them with question marks because she was in her third place. And, and <laughs> circle. Let, me, let me go. Remember I mentioned Caroline Love? Yeah. Let me go back to that real quick because it's going to tie in. Two? Number two. Caroline Love was roommates with a girl named Sadie Knight. Sadie Knight was the girlfriend of a guy named Henry Lewis Wallace. Oh. So, Sadie Knight's roommate goes missing. This is way, this is the second murder. So did Sadie, uh, did Caroline Love do Sadie wrong? Was there some sort of roommate debacle in Henry... Lewis Wallace but, took care of her. The, but Wallace Caroline was also the, uh, a prostitute. Speaking of Lewis, maybe we should go get barbecue this weekend. Wallace Henry Lewis Wallace confessed when he confessed this murder. He said, "All right, here's what happened. I made a key, a duplicate key, to the apartment. My girlfriend was living there with her roommate Caroline Love, and I go in when none of them, neither one of the girls was home because." Recently, I just picked up a crack addict, Tabic, and now I'm addicted to crack. Oh, that's where the crack comes in. Yeah, that's where crack comes oh. in. So now I'm addicted to crack, so I got to steal everything I can. So I made a duplicate key, and I go into my girlfriend and her roommate's apartment. And I'm in the bathroom taking a poopy. Yeah. And Was he really? Yeah. And Caroline Love walks in, and, you know, he could hear... Cause he's taking a little poop ski. Ew! Don't say that. You don't use that word. <laughs> he's like, I'm taking a poop ski, and and I'll be out in a minute, and then I'll leave. So she's in the kitchen, 
You know, and then he comes up behind her and he tries to kiss her. Oh. And is she's he high on crack or he just Yeah, he's probably high on crack. She's Well, he's also a fucking dick, but whatever. She's like, Whoa, whoa, you're dating my roommate. Like I'm not gonna tell her that you just tried to kiss me, but back off, you know, and just leave. I and then I am gonna tell her that you tried to kiss me and fuck off. She or he tries to advance again. And then a scuffle breaks out. So what does he do? He puts her in a chokehold. And she goes unconscious, or almost unconscious. He drags her to the bed and forces her to take her clothes off. And then he rapes her, because that's what he does. And then he chokes the hell out of her. He he chokes her out, and she's dead. He then goes, because now he just killed his girlfriend's roommate... He backs his car up close to the apartment. He grabs some orange trash bags, kind of like old Patrick Michael Kearney. He rolls her up into a, the bed sheet, stuffs her body into one of these big, you know, the big orange trash bags that they use for like, you see them on the side of the road picking up trash? That could hold a body. They're yellow, but yeah. No, they're orange, Jen. They're orange because they match the correctional facility. The correctional people down here wear red. Are you, you must literally be colorblind. <laughs> Every correctional facility in the United States wears orange. That's like their Not thing. Necessarily. Some yes, it is, Jen. And some wear red and some wear beige. It all depends on where you are. So anyway. he didn't leave behind anything in the apartment. He rolls her body up into the bed sheet. Hence, while when her roommate, Sadie, searched through her stuff, she noticed there was some clothes missing and also the bed sheet. So he made it seem like by throwing some of the clothes and the bed sheet into the orange trash bag that she had maybe ran off or something, you know? But I thought she was stuffed into the bed sheet. She was, but I'm talking about like when he, when he someone had, would... He had another trash bag to put random stuff no, in. No, so. he just threw it all in that one trash bag. And then he threw her into the back of his car and then he drove around looking for a dump site and dumped her. That wasn't the only thing. Sadie, his girlfriend, gets worried. And she asks him, you know, I'm so worried. I haven't seen my roommate, Carolyn. Where could she be? He's like, I don't know. Maybe we should maybe we should go to the police station and file a missing person report. So Sadie and the killer, Henry Wallace Lewis, the one that just murdered her, stuffed her in a trash bag, and then dumped her on a random freeway in the little sharp ravine, they all go to the police station. Oh, I cannot find so-and-so. And he's calm as a cucumber. Not only that, there was two murders in his murdering spree that not only did he kill the victims, but he got nice and dressed up because, you know, I got to go to their funeral. Mm. How fucked up is that? That's um, He shows up at two victims' really funerals. And he, <laughs> not only that, he hugs the mom. Uh, wait, says, which ones? Well, Shauna's mom. Yeah, I kind of assumed from that. Yeah, so he hugs her and says, if there's anything I can do, just let me know. I'm so sorry this happened to you. You killed her. And then was it the fourth one? Spain? Yeah. You know what this kind of reminds me of? You know, in uh, Making a Murderer, you guys saw that, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. So there's this theory that um, 
Stephen, whatever his last name is. Avery. Thank you. There's this theory that Stephen Avery didn't kill it. Obviously, that's a theory that's made throughout the film. But not only is it that the theory that that his that he didn't kill her, that the actual killer went it is filmed at um, being at his trial because there was a serial killer in Wisconsin at the same time, and he killed other people. I don't know if you guys have heard of this theory, but he like would go to the victims' trials. Oh, I didn't hear that there. he went to the trials. Yeah, he would go to the trials and sit there. That's and, crazy. Like, that's yeah, weird. so and there's actually footage in the Making a Murderer documentary of this guy. I don't know, I don't remember his name. But like he's at the making of the the trial of Stephen Avery, huh? And there there's a theory that he's the one that actually killed. Um, hmm. I think they're coming out with a second season of that. I, I'm interested in seeing. I you know poor Brandon Dossie. You know, so sad. He didn't deserve that. I know, but yeah. It, that's just taking advantage of someone who's um you know this girl valencia jumper was a little sister to wallace they spent time together all the time nothing sexual but i mean literally like your sister or your brother looked up to you she was younger you know anything that she needed help with you were always there but when you're on crack nothing else matters right so he goes to her, her her apartment. He goes to her apartment and says, "Can I borrow your phone? Me and Sadie, we're fighting. You know his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sadie Knight. Yeah, Sadie McKnight. Okay. We're fighting, and I need to use your phone because I got to call her and patch some things up. She's like, "Yeah, come on in. I mean, it wasn't even like that. It was just like, "Come on in immediately. Not even. No question. Yeah, no question. So he comes in as soon as." Valencia Jumper reached for the phone to give it to Wallace. He chokes her, puts her in a chokehold. Now, this is his sister, basically, his little sister. Yeah. And then, same as before, she passes out, and then he forces her to... Take off your clothes. Yeah, take off your clothes and, you know, have sex with me and stuff like that. He claims that she was choked... He choked her so hard. This is coming from his mouth. That she started bleeding from her nose. Oh my god. So he held the pressure around her neck with the towel for about five minutes until he couldn't feel the pulse anymore. Okay, that was his words. That for five minutes? Five minutes. That's and he was increasing pre- well, the blood was coming down from her nose. And then but he still felt a pulse, so she was still breathing somewhere. So he held it, maybe increased the pressure a little more and then Make sure she was done. Was this number five or four? This was, um, no, this was five, but listen, it's not done yet. Well, he lit the apartment on fire, apparently. He wipes the counters down like he always does. He doesn't want any fingerprints. He goes to the kitchen, grabs a bottle of rum. You know, she wasn't even old enough to drink. Maybe she used it for cooking. Yeah, maybe. Takes the bottle of rum, pours it all over her, her dead body, and then pours the the rest of it, makes a line all the way to the kitchen, towards the stove. So there's a line of literally rum going all the way to the kitchen, to her body, which was completely soaked in rum. He takes, opens the pantry, pulls out a can of beans, opens a can, 
you know, pours a can on the stove in a pot, takes a can of beans, pours it in a pot, turns the stove on high, walks back to Valencia Jumper's rum-soaked dead body, takes a match, throws it on top of her. She goes up in flames. The whole apartment follows. Her friend goes to check the apartment. The door's unlocked. He goes in. But immediately, he can't go any further because there's so much black smoke. He calls them. Number one, they go. They find her body completely charred. The homicide detective, or the, um, the coroner, the forensic coroner, labels the body Su- or not suicide, but um, Accident. accident, accidental death by thermal burns. Later, kind of funny, when Wallace confessed to doing this, he quickly goes back and retypes the statements. Oh, it's strangulation. Mm. But um, so anyway, um, they didn't even link that case together. That wasn't even a thing until he said, "Oh yeah, I killed her too." You know, all right. So that was kind of a change in MO. He took her jewelry. He took everything and pawned it off immediately. He actually goes back to the house because he was going to steal more stuff. But then he noticed that the house is on fire. Oh, wow. And then he leaves. I mean, I only literally (laughs) soaked the place in rum, lit it on fire, and then went to go back to steal. Oh, wait, this is on fire. Oh, yeah, I did that. But that wasn't the last time that he saw. That wasn't the last time he saw her. Because he was at her funeral. What a nice guy. Well, I'm hoping she didn't have an open casket, so maybe it was the last time right. he actually saw her. Yeah. We're not. All right. Michelle Stinson, the next murder. Number six. Number three. <laughs> Michelle Stinson, like, 20 what? years old. Stinson. Yes, yeah, Stinson. You said Simpson. No, Stinson. Stinson. Barney Stinson. You said Homer Simpson. No, no Barney Not Stinson. Said. You said Homer Simpson. No, move I on. can literally go Dave, back. All I'm right. gonna get a duck Dave. tie and make John wear it every day. <laughs> hey, mom. Okay, she lived in an apartment with her two young sons. Her friends stopped by the apartment as usual, knocked on the door. Her friend. Yeah. Her friend, guy, the murderer. Yeah. No, not not the murderer. James Mays. He stops by and knocks on the door before. She was murdered. Stinson lets Wallace in. Because he was coming to say hey to the kids and stuff like that. But he admits to the police that he was there for one reason. He wanted to rape her and murder her. Oh. And he says that just like an everyday conversation. Like, yeah, I wanted to rape and murder. Yeah. What's the big deal, right? At least he's being honest. Yeah. Remember, she had two sons. Two small children. Um... The autopsy revealed, because the same M.O., basically, have sex with me, she refused, struggle, and then he chokes her out on the kitchen floor, rapes her. But this is different, because, yeah, it's strangulation, but she didn't die of strangulation. She died of four puncture wounds to the chest. Huh. This murder is different. Could This couldn't be the same guy, right? There's a knife that they actually recovered. He chokes her with a belt and then takes a knife and punctures her chest four times. Two of those 
were fatal. One in the heart, one in the lung. She's dead on the kitchen floor. Not only that, he admitted to the police during the rape and the murder, the oldest son walks in. Oldest, like in eight years old, six, probably six, seven or eight years old, walks in. Sees the rape. Sees the murder of her mom. Mm-hmm. His mom. Of, of his mom. And then Henry Wallace looks at him, this kid, and says, go back to bed. They didn't find her body for until the next day. I'm so uh, confused. I thought the killer's name was Stinson. No. No, Jen. The, the boyfriend. No, no, no. The Stinson is the one that just died. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And the Hen- Henry Lewis. Henry Wallace. Lewis Wallace is a killer. Right. Mich- we're a different murder. I, Michelle I, I Stinson. You off because I said Barney Stinson. You Sorry. Did. I was thinking Barney Stinson killed. Listen, Michelle. Michelle Stinson was the latest victim I'm talking I got it, about. I got it. I'm yeah. on track right now. Sorry. So she had two kids. One of them walked in. The eldest saw her mother. His mother. His mother getting raped. And murdered with a kitchen knife. They, a friend goes to check on the kids, like always. Knocks on the door, no answer. Michelle Stinson doesn't come to the door. He looks through the window. The kids are tapping on the glass. Trying to get his attention. Help me. me. No, not help me, but they said, Mommy's on the floor sleeping. That's how young they are. Mommy's sleeping on the floor. We need help. They, yeah, it was strangulation, but the fatal wounds were the knife. Could they link them together? They couldn't at first. Apparently knew the same fucking guy. They, yeah, they all either worked. So Henry, Henry Wallace Lewis, or Henry Lewis Wallace worked at Taco Bell. He was the manager. He hired Shauna Hawk. He worked with another. His girlfriend worked with also some of the other ones at Taco Bell and Bojangles, but he was known as a Taco Bell strangler because he was the manager there. So he knew all of them. If the police would have just looked a little harder, they would have saw one person that was connected to every one of these people. In fact, they all died within miles of each other. In fact, two of the murders, they were in the same apartment a few doors down from each other. Yeah. Okay. So. Murder number seven. Yeah. Let me tell you the good thing, the only good thing that came out of that murder. Six? Hmm. Murder number six or murder number seven? Murder number seven. Okay. All right. Now, this is in 1994. The detective said, all right, we just had a very bad 1993. I just don't even want to imagine what 1994 is going to be like. He's quoted as saying the... Uh, McFadden, Detective McFadden is quoted from saying, we just hit the tip of the iceberg. Now 1994 is here. I just, I'm just waiting to see who dies on the crash. Well, So, now they're all in rapid succession. Now they have a serial killer. Not only that, but Shauna Hawk's mother is out campaigning. Oh, only now they realize that they have a serial killer. Just now, just now. They realize that they have a serial killer and they come out to the public and they say, listen, do not let anyone in your house, even if you know him. The serial killer knows his victims. He's out there and he is not stopping. And in fact, did you guys notice some of these murders are getting worse? Mm -hmm. 
They're getting more sadistic. More violent. More violent. With the burn and the stabbing, yeah. The one I'm going to talk about next is the most sadistic, violent murder of all. Vanessa Mack was 25 years old. She was a single mother of two daughters, and she worked at the medical center. Let me tell you about Vanessa Mack, 25-year-old single mother of two. She was doing the best she can in life to take care of those daughters, right? She was a, she worked at the medical center. Her grandma, every Sunday, February 20th, 1994, was just like every Sunday. She would go. She'd pick up the eldest daughter. Or no, excuse me. She would go. She'd pick up the youngest daughter so she could go to work, right? So Vanessa Matt could go to work. She opens the door. There's no response when she calls out Vanessa. She immediately sees the youngest, the baby, on the couch by herself, about to fall off. I mean, you don't just leave a baby on the the couch. You could fall off and hit his head. So her grandma's getting worried, like, all right, what's going on? Vanessa, where are you at? She kept calling her. Where are you at? Where are you at? Where are you at? Opens up her room. You know you have work today. And immediately her grandma, she knows. She knows immediately when she sees. She didn't even have to look at the feet that were completely white because of the lack of circulation, the the cold body. She knew that her granddaughter was dead. As soon as she saw the small child on the couch about to fall off, she knew in her head that her grand grandbaby was dead. This was one of the worst murders ever mm. from him. They noticed, so the traditional two-towel, actually this one was a thing, it was a long sleeve shirt. So it was a two-towel thing, right? Two, two, the two literatures mm-hmm. around the neck, mm-hmm. maximum tightness. But they noticed a few other things. The the te- detectives and the forensic um, coroner noticed that there were a couple bruises on the neck hmm. that were that you would see these kind of abrasions from the actual knot of the pillowcase. Like from, oh, from the yeah, from the pillowcase or the blanket, whatever was tying. You mean you're tying a knot right there, and it makes an abrasion on the back of your neck. Yeah. Well, there was a few. So here's what happened. Henry Lewis Wallace goes over, gives Vanessa Mack a hug, just because they're like best friends, and he's a crackhead, so he needs money. This is what crack does. This is what crack cocaine does. Okay? So she gives him a hug, because they're like family. This is literally his family. Right. And immediately puts her in a chokehold. He actually brought a pillowcase with him because he know he, he needs money. And I mean, he hasn't been to work in forever and he needs to buy crack. He needs to buy his drugs. So he pulls out a pillowcase that he actually brought with him. And he puts it around her neck and immediately tells her, this is a robbery. You're going to give me everything. She gets the bank card, her bank cards, and any cash she has. Gives him the bank cards, but he she gives him the wrong PIN number, which is going to come into play in a second. Gives him the wrong PIN number. Then he forces her to take her clothes off, and he rapes her. Puts her clothes back on. 
And then what's so bad about this murder is they know, remember I told you they noticed the different abrasions. Mm -hmm. He choked her, but instead of killing her, he let off before she died, brought her back to life almost, and then did it again and again and again and again. That's great. So she would go into life, go to out of life, go into life, go out of life. He was killing her, basically, and then bringing her back. Someone please put this guy away. And he was doing it over and over. That's where the multiple abrasions came from. But they didn't, they, detectives didn't think that she was raped. Why not? Well, she had her clothes on. He dressed her back up. She actually suffered some junctival hemorrhaging. It's when the blood vessels break in the eye. So that's how subjunctival. Yeah, subjunctival hemorrhaging. She suffered from that because she was going in and out of yeah. of of life, basically. Yeah. And they know that when your eyeball looks like that. Yeah, I can't look at it. I can't look at yeah. it. You see the broken blood. So your when your eyeball has broken blood vessels and there's basically blood in your eye. It's like pooling. Warning. Yeah. Go to the blog. That is graphic. graphic. Yeah. Go to the blog and see the subjunctival hemorrhaging. Okay. So not only is this guy getting worse, now he's getting sexual pleasure off it's almost a control thing, a control over life. He's basically God at this point. He's controlling his victim, the one that he used to love, bringing her back into life and then killing her again. And then he's got complete control. Right, so he kills her. Yeah. And now the one good thing that came from that is she gives him the bank card, but the wrong pen. He, since he's a crackhead now, he goes to the ATM, draws out some cash. The pen didn't work, obviously. But they did get one thing. They got a photo from the ATM. Oh, good. But it wasn't really a a big photo, but they noticed one thing. He was wearing a golden earring that was shaped like a cross. And it's really hard to see. Yeah, you like cannot tell what you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah, so they noticed... The cross earring. So now they know. Here's what they know. Here's detectives know. This suspect that we have got to get right now because he's terrorizing the city and people are literally going insane. He's got a golden earring. He knows the victims because there's no breaking entering. So we already did number eight, actually. And you said they caught him after number I told you about Brandy Henderson. Yeah, Brandy Henderson was the first one. Right. Vanessa Mack, the one I just told you. I'm going to run through them. 20th February 1994. Wait, no, excuse me. Let me, one second. Let me jump back one second. Try to stay with me. Remember I told you about Michelle Stinson? Yep. Yeah. Right after that, Henry, Henry Lewis Wallace was arrested hmm. for shoplifting at a hardware store because he was a crackhead. He's trying to steal everything he can. They had him in custody right then they could have put a killer behind bars if they would have just connected the dots. But they didn't. But they didn't. Which is why police and the Charlotte police got so much hatred for this case. Yeah. Because they actually had him handcuffed. He gets out. All right. Very quickly. Vanessa Mack, 20th of February, 1994. Brandy Henderson, which I've started with. Yep. Yeah. 9th March, 1994. 
what, two weeks later? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very quickly. He's running Betty, money. Yeah, Betty Balcom, 10th of March. Now, he was going to the apartment to kill Betty on the 9th, but she wasn't home. And in the same apartment, another one of his friends, Brandy Henderson, was there. So she kills him, her instead. But then he goes back and kills his original target, Betty Balcom. Hmm. And then the last, De- uh, Deborah Slaughter, 35 years old, which they didn't even know about until we confessed. Same type of deal? Yeah, same type of deal, yeah. Like breaking in, yeah. strangling. Mm-hmm. Betty Balcom was a co-worker at Taco Bell with him. Mm-hmm. And she died the same way. Over the, all right, so they finally caught him. And they actually caught him because they finally figured out that he was related to all these women. And then they finally figured out, okay, all these women are dying within a mile apart. Literally, some of them in the same apartment. They finally figured that out, detectives. Good for them. And once they finally figured that out, they knew they had the guy. Plus, not only that, they got this ATM photo. And when they took a mugshot of him when he was shoplifting, guess who had a gold earring? This guy. That had a cross on it. They had their man. But even though this guy was a manager at the Taco Bell, he didn't have a physical address. He was a drifter. He would live here. He would live there. Uh, They actually found him at a friend's apartment. A tipster, actually. Tipster. Tipped the police off. They went to this random friend's apartment. They found him cowardly hiding in the bathroom. What a piece of shit. When they... (laughs) Yeah, so they brought him in. That was a pun I didn't even mean to. (laughs) They brought him in and he was so cool and collective. You know how like if you accuse someone of killing 10 people, they'll be like, it wasn't me. Yada, yada, yada. He was just like so calm about it. The true psychopath. Because he's a crack addict or and a psychopath. They finally the the priest came in there and prayed with him and what said, we know. No, in the interrogation room and said, we let, you know, God, help us figure out this. Help us have the families get the closure they needed. And then he started coming forth. And what he did, he, even though he was a psychopath and didn't really have the emotions, you know, um, to confess what he ended up doing. What he ended up doing is he wrote, he said, give me a piece of paper. And so there were 10 victims altogether. Mm-hmm. This is the actual writing. He wrote 10 names down of everyone that he killed. The 10 girls, women he killed, he wrote them all down. Mm-hmm. And then they ta- and then they figured it out together. And then he took them to see the other bodies that were buried. And then he told them about the girl he lit on fire and stuff like that. Wow. So, I mean, he... So he's still alive. He's still on death row today. Yeah, he on June fifth, nineteen ninety eight. Wallace he actually married a prison nurse. Oh, yeah, which was right next to the execution chamber. I don't understand how like people can marry people in jail, not just like in general, but yes, in general. Yeah, like why would you marry a? fucking person that killed 10 people because and they're never going to get out of prison 
Yeah, all right. You just do. This is just the thing that you do if you're in love. No, like, why would you fucking fall in love with that dude? Because yeah. you don't know better. You can't always control oh. Since being sentenced to death in 1997, Wallace has been appealing to the courts to overturn the death sentence, stating that his confessions were coerced. Oh, please. And his constitutional rights were violated in the process. Mm. Any so. more that? No, this guy's a piece of shit, just like them all. Sounds like it. So that's my story of the Taco Bell Strangler, Charlotte's most notoriously bad named serial killer ever. That's a good name. Yeah. I mean, it got us a good hint. I'm very full still. Yes, I am yeah. full. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of Talk Murder to Me. We hope you enjoyed this episode full of Taco Bell and tequila. We'll see you next time. Jen, yeah. Tom Brady makes he's avocado most, ice cream from scratch. That's why he's still playing football at 42. Jen, Jen, Jen. I'm watching you. Anyway, that's my mattress from rent. Jen, what are you looking at? You? I'm listening. Me and Jen got in a fight last week, and I want to solve things over. I love you, Jen, with all you my heart. fight? I love you with all my heart. Jen, what are you doing? He's getting more booze. Is she even, is there booze in their cell phone? This is not going good. No. You've already managed to piss both of us off. You haven't even started the story. <laughs> oh, shit. But it's like, it didn't even happen because Future John cut that. Looking for a way to make online learning a better option for your family? When it comes to virtual learning, experience matters. Tuition-free K-12-powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of experience to work for you, giving your child the personalized learning they deserve without disruptions. With a K-12-powered school, students gain the skills they need to be prepared for their next steps in life, building a better future for each one of us. K-12, education for any one. Learn more at k12.com. There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.